0: this maker our creator maker and creator of all things all things visible and invisible and we thank you for your son Jesus Christ oh the day that we met him it was a glorious day it was a wonderful day and so it's been wonderful ever since we look forward to more wonderful days in you so we thank you for it Lord and we bless you and we praise you in Jesus name amen and praise god praise god amen so today we're going to talk about the fact that the devil is slick amen the devil is slick so and that's the title god gave me i didn't just make that up i said well lord i want to use some a more highfalutin word he said just say slick and everybody will know what you're talking about so that's we have no misunderstandings about that do we we all know what we mean by slick so uh, we we need to understand that uh, in your own understanding you are no match for him either mentally psychologically (laughs) physically no kind of way you are no match for him and uh, so the bible tells us gives us instruction for how to overcome the devil and the first step is to submit to god and then resist him and he must flee but it, there are times when we uh, the enemy sets us up to not even know it's him doing what's going on that's where the slick comes in the bible does describe him that way it says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field that word subtle also means slick. Amen, if you really want to know what it means. That means that he is uh intent, his intention is so intent that he makes sure that he does what he does largely undetected. And trust me, the enemy knows when you're hip to him, and he knows when you're you're not. And so he will choose those times when we're what we call vulnerable or we are are in a place where we're, we're, you know, on the edge, on the brink. Uh, Many times when it's time for us to make decisions, the enemy will show up. And he will begin to pressure us to make a hasty decision because he can get involved in your life when you're hasty he can also get involved when you're not on your watch and not on guard and not vigilant against him. When you get a prayer answered and, and you're rejoicing in what God has done, who has, who thinks about the devil showing up? But that's when he shows up the most. Amen. When you're high and when you're low. Amen. When you're in the middle, you're at peace with God, usually, you know, and he won't come around unless he sees an opportunity to get an advantage in your mind so that's why it's good when you have to make major decisions or any decision all the all the time consult the lord the bible says in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path now it depends on whether you want god directing you or whether you want your answer in a hurry see some people don't care you know what i'm saying they just want what they want as quickly as they can get it and as much as they can get of it and so those people are easy targets for the enemy to set them up and cause them failure heartache some kind of misfortune happening to them and so the enemy always delights in our misfortunes tell yourself that again the devil always delights in our misfortunes got me he's the only one who's laughing and he's the only one who's having a good time off of it so if you turn to joshua chapter nine we'll talk about how the enemy set the nation of israel up for one of the greatest uh, uh misfortunes that happened to that nation Uh, And I say one of the greatest because it came on the heels of a great victory. So they were in victory mode and celebration mode and wound up being deceived by the enemy and having to make long-term commitments to people that they had no kinship with. Oh! Pastor Barb, don't say that. Huh? Huh? This is how Christians marry the wrong people, get wind up broke, busted, and disgusted without a friend anywhere, get dislodged from their ministry, from, from the company that God calls them to. All those things is because they don't understand how to stay vigilant against the devil. And these things are clearly spelled out in the Bible for us to, you know, if you're reading the Bible, what are you reading it for? you know not to get your little chapters out of the way for the day but you're reading it to build yourself up and to make yourself wise and knowledgeable in the things of the spirit amen all things of the spirit and so if you believe that the devil is is alive and he's an enemy then you must understand that you have to get wisdom in order to combat him and confront him and you know you have to understand his ways. You've got to understand how he operates and how he do things. Amen. So, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to get this squared away in your thinking and your understanding. You are commanded by God to live a holy life in thought, word, and deed. Clean inside and out. You're commanded by God to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to prove it. Amen. If you love him, love is an action word. It's not just a feeling thing. Because feelings come and go. But love is a steadfast spiritual force that ties us into obedience, it ties us into blessing, it ties us into everything that's necessary for our lives. And that it's an essential thing for all humanity to have is love. And so if I can say anything, what's missing in the world is the love of God that people need to sustain them. not People aren't thriving these days. They're not being sustained these days. Everything that man is trying is failing him now. And so we have to understand that it is because we have turned our backs on God, you see. And just like people in the world do that, the church does it to a degree we're not as full flat out for god as we need to be you know we're just not and so this is a truth we get caught up in the world system we'd rather look busy than to look holy we do Because that causes us to fit in with everybody else. Nobody bugs us if we can say, uh, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're involved in this, we're involved in that, we got this going on, you ain't got nothing going on. Amen? You really don't. If God is not the head of it, it ain't going nowhere. So we have to be aware of that and understand no matter what we look like to people, as long as we're pleasing God, you're in the right place. And you're going to look more and more out of place the more you let go of what the world has, and the more you come into making God first place in your life in everything. And so, amen. And so uh, God wants us to live this way. So in Joshua chapter 9, this is right after, well, they they had a, a couple of battles here. The first battle we know was the battle of Jericho. And you can see the preparation that Israel did for that joshua because this he had just taken over leadership of god's people uh, from through uh, through the death of moses one of the things that joshua did and i think this is what leaders do when they're in training they're very very careful about everything that should never change you should never get casual you should never get matter of fact or presumptuous about anything dealing with god because the things in the spirit are always shifting, changing. They're dynamic. Uh, there's, if you could see behind the scenes, like when, when uh, uh, the uh, prophet told God to open his servant's eyes, remember that? And he was able to see just what God wanted him to see in the spirit. He didn't see it all. Because if we're to see it all, it would blow our minds, the activity that goes on behind the scenes that we're not even aware of. If you think about it, all the prayers that are being prayed and answers being sent, there's like a highway with everything going back and forth, back and forth from earth to heaven, earth to heaven. And so there are enemy forces fighting the answers to your prayers. We know that from the book of Daniel. And so then there are things that God is doing to send messages to us how to uh, how to intercede when to pray pray more do this more go out and step out now and and get your receive your blessing, so forth and so on so there's a lot of activity going on but we must be dependent upon god for the information that we gather from the realm of the spirit and be satisfied with what god shows us and so god then has we have to rely on him totally because we can't see everything we don't know how to interpret what's going on you don't really know what an angel looks like. You don't know what an angel of the Lord looks like versus an angel of Satan. And so we need the Holy Spirit to filter all that information and bring to us what's necessary for our portion of the work of the ministry. And we all have work of the ministry. Don't think prayer is not a ministry. You know, and the Lord kind of moved me to... I reiterate that more with people because people are looking for what people really want is attention they don't want ministry when you see people talking about well you know I, it's time for my ministry what are you doing there you pass you pass sinners on the way somewhere every day that you walk out of your house and what do you tell them do you even think about them But we walk past 99% of the souls that we are supposed to influence so that we can get a pulpit and a platform and an offering. You got me? And so we need to start respecting more the believer's ministry that God has called us to. Because God is empowering believers where they will be sincere about serving God. He's putting his power on them. And he is not skipping over that step with anybody. Everybody has to, put to prove their worth as a believer in ministry before you can step into a pulpit if you're called there. Well, that didn't go over real big, but I don't care. It's the truth. So start respecting what God has given you to do right here, right now. Respect your prayer time. Respect the fact that you need to study on prayer and understand and not let the devil get you caught up in nonsense where he wants you to forfeit everything you worked for and miss everything. It's not good. It's not good for you. It's not going to get you where you want to go. And it's not going to be profitable for the body of Christ. You belong to a body of believers where God has given you a role in a ministry to fulfill for him. To fit in with your company of believers that you're called to. Everybody has a place somewhere. You're not just some ro- kind of roving person that hops around, goes here, there, and everywhere. You need to sit still and let him be God. Well, this is good anyway. I like it. So in Joshua chapter 9, Joshua has taken over leadership of the nation of Israel. It's a lot of people. For people who just want a big church so bad, just let God drop one in your lap and see how you feel. So Joshua started out very, very careful about how he proceeded before God. And it caused them him to get uh, um, instructions on how to take their first city, and that was the city of Jericho. Jericho was a walled city. For those people who advocate open borders everywhere, uh, everybody had walls around their city. It's like if you, somebody told you, well, this is your house and it was just a piece of land out nowhere and you had to put your furniture out there. You don't have any walls to protect what you have. Anybody can, any animal could come up and attack you in the middle of the night. You understand? So that's why people start building houses so they'd have security. And cities build walls so that they have security nations build walls so that they have security you got me quit drinking the kool-aid okay and start thinking for yourself amen so we know that jericho was shut up and it was was totally bombarded for protection against israel because god had put the word out now they didn't have they didn't have newspapers they had megaphones. They had nothing to announce, nothing in them days. But somehow those people got wind of the fact that God had a people in the earth that were coming their way. So they started locking everything up. They went on lockdown in the city of Jericho. The only person that was curious about saving themselves in a different manner. Now, these people wanted natural protection. They relied on natural protection. But there was a little hooker living on the wall named Rahab. And she figured out this. She said, hmm. She said, they're trusting in horses and chariots. But I happen to know that the God that these people serve, nobody's bigger than he is. So I think I'll figure out a way to save myself and my family and get over on God's side. Amen? That's how to do it. See, you're on the winning side already. Your biggest challenge is how to stay there and not be lured away. Think of the challenge there is if somebody's not in there and they're trying to save themselves. So Rahab decided that she would befriend the spies and helped him out and she said only one thing i want you to do she said when you take this city the enemy knows you're victorious before you do She said yeah when y'all take it because i know you will huh a hooker got more sense about god sometimes than his own people do they can look, sometimes these people who are sinners can look at your life and see everything works well. They're afraid of the cost to them. If they, they want what you got, but they're afraid of the cost to them. That's why don't they come over so easy. But they're still watching. You got me? They're still watching. They know what goes on in your life. They know what your God can do, especially if you live for God. Now, if you're trying to be like them all the time, they don't know so much just be you and be holy you okay uh be you and be holy you <laughs> bridget has her little we call her little girl she's What are them little things called on you can put your personality pick out a person and make it you them fake people what is it no no not them i know them things yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'm trying to get one one that's me but I don't know. <laughs> but we call her Bitmoji. Okay. Bitstrip. Uh-huh. But it's, we call her Fake Brit. I said, can I see Fake Brit today? And she always, oh, she always, will she be doing stuff. She, always, she be all over the place. <laughs> That's what y'all all need to get, your holy fake bitstrip you, or your holy, your real one, who you really are. Just be you, but be holy you. Amen? So so if you walk that way, then God will always be able to use you. He will always be able to find you. You will always be on time for everything he wants you to. You won't miss a beat. But if you're out trying to be somebody else and blend in, you're going to miss it. Because I'm telling you, Rahab knew when to jump ship. She said, I'm sitting on the wall anyway. I'm half in here and half out to begin with. A lot of people living in the valley of decision, and only God knows who they are. And they're looking for a witness. They're looking for somebody who knows God, loves God, is joyful in it, content in it, not always listening to them trying to find out what they got going on. You understand me? And so when when God points you out to someone, it's to influence them in the right way. So here we got all these people in Jericho, and we got one woman who understands really what's going on. You got me? And she's not so, no, so sure she won't even stay in Jericho. She said, hey, I swing one way or the other. As long as I can live, I'm out of here. You got me? There's a lot of people like that. A lot of people who are waiting to make a decision for God or just keep living for the devil. And we're sending their midst to convince them that God is good. So uh, Israel has their first victory at Jericho and it's very decisive. They go in and they spoil the enemy. Uh That's what we do. We spoil the enemy. Amen. See, I don't believe there's much prosperity coming into the body of Christ because we don't have enough people really to fight warfare. You know why? Why? Because they're talking about a wealth transfer. I'd rather go out and get it myself. I don't wait. Why would you wait for something that's rightfully yours? They sit up waiting on somebody to go get it for them. They confess in the word. They're tithing, doing all this kind of stuff. But they don't really know how to possess. And repossess from the enemy. You got me? They don't want to get their hands dirty. They don't want to pray too much. They want to sweat. They want to send their money out to fetch more money. It's like. <laughs> All the kids are big now. Come here, Rachel, since you're almost the smallest one. Come here. <laughs> Give me your wallet, Miss Cancun. Yeah, you. <laughs> Okay, go and take this down that aisle to give to Miss Ray. Now Nola, snatch it from her. See? And <laughs> you can't whoop miss, Nola. <laughs> she didn't have four kids bigger than you, so you can't whoop her. See, that's what the most of the body of Christ is waiting on for the wealth transfer. It never gets there, Because if the devil sees somebody with it before it gets where it's going, he's going to take it from her. Trust me. Because he got the power to do it. He's the God of this world. If it's not protected by angelic hosts to make sure you get it when you're supposed to get it. Huh? You ain't getting it. How does that happen? It happens through warfare. It happens through you standing on the word. It happens to you willing be willing to bind the devil. You be willing to pray for somebody else that's broke. You got me? doesn't happen any other way. So then Israel goes down, they spoil the inhabitants of Jericho, so they buku rich now. Be careful when your blessing comes in. Because your mind is, is on living it up and partying, it's not on warfare. You have to have a constant, vigilant eye to protect now what God has given you to possess you must have that it's like israel when when uh when the when uh david and his group of men he had not yet stepped into uh the throne as king of israel they were still battling and and he was at um let me think where was that ziklag was the last battle he had before he assumed the throne and remember they had come in stolen everything stole the wife the kids all that stuff, you know, so most of the men were going, and which wife did he get again? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, stop it. Wake up. Uh, <laughs> which one? Was it the cute one or was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. But anywho, um, it's <laughs> stolen everything everything that they loved and everything that they didn't love, <laughs> that they possessed. <laughs> so. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say almost. Wait, 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 wait. So, this was his last battle. So, he was going to zigzag. I forgot what I was going to say. See, y'all got me off on of wives and all this kind of crazy stuff. But anyway, oh, Lord, help me. Oh, forgive me, Lord, help me. Praise God. Amen. There you go. And And what happened was, half of his men were so tired from fighting that they didn't feel like going on to the battle and then there were some who could fight all day you know them kind of men (laughs) where's the bar you mean it closed i ain't had my nightly fight yet you know they're gonna fight all day and all night so the fighters went and got the stuff back and the ones who watched it they didn't want to share with them and david said don't you ever do that he said the ones who went and got it Share equally with the ones who stayed and guarded the stuff. Amen? What stuff? They didn't have much because it was all stole. But whoever was left to guard it, they, they share equally in the spoils. Why? Because the guard is just as important as the warrior is. You got me? Everybody's important in God's kingdom. Your job, I don't care how small you think it is, is just as important as the one you think is the big, big job in the, the place. And so God uh, has a portion in the spoil for all of his people. And so Israel now is, is on a high because they've gotten all this stuff and they're, they're riding high. Next battle they get to is Ai. And they are not as careful or as vigilant as they were at Jericho. And this will be their history throughout their history. That they'll, they'll get on the high and, and enjoy great victory and then slip up and lose it at the next battle. So AI, they don't realize they got a thief among them. They assume that they're just waiting for God to go count the people. Living by sight again. Instead of living by faith in God. And be careful when you flip over and start living by sight. You know, God blesses you. You get your spoils in, you get your stuff in, then you get all slap happy. You go spend it all up in two days, and you're broke again. Well, we got one honest person in the crowd. Huh? <laughs> Money will make you backslide. The lack of it and the excess of it <laughs> both will work. They both will work against you if you're not vigilant. Huh? I learned that. I'm so glad my husband hid most of the money from me. You understand me? And I used to think, oh boy, what am I going to do? I don't see this and I don't see yeah You ain't supposed to see it. Because huh? it's hidden in the deep recesses <laughs> of wherever it was. And in places so, so dark, you're scared to go in there. I don't care if there's no money in there. not. Nah, I ain't going in there. It's too scary. So that's where that's where it's all hidden. But anyway, they were able to find out what the problem was. Joshua at least went to God, found out somebody in their camp had stolen some things that they weren't supposed to have. When these battles, God wanted that stuff belonged to God. It don't belong to us personally. All the spoils of war belong to God and He distributes as He sees fit. Amen? That's why you can't just sit up and eyeball God and make sure He's giving you everything you sold. I sold something over here, where's my return? Huh? He's a father and a husband. Amen. So you you on not double lock down. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> you can't steal provision. You can't steal it from a husband, a good one. But if he's a father and a husband, no, 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 no. no. You don't get nothing. Huh? I remember times I would say, well, you treat me like <laughs> I guess Maybe because I act like that. You treat me like a little kid. Like you can't trust me. <laughs> huh? And all the time I was there, <laughs> uh, a kid would be a, 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 a you know, a compliment for the way you act. And you act like, yeah, I don't know. so you know what I'm saying. So you can't do that to God. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. You don't know what's coming in your economy worldwide, in your nation, in your city, anyway, in your job situation. You don't know what's coming. And so God distributes to us He gives us the power to get wealth if we will obey his rules. And so here we have somebody who wants God's share. It wasn't bad that he wanted more for himself because he had every opportunity to work for it. But he wanted God's share. You have to be careful when you take what belongs to the Lord. Amen? You have to be careful about that. In fact, don't do it. And so when God saw that, he took his hand A victory off Israel. And they suffered their first defeat. So their first defeated AI was sin in the camp and the presumption that there was none. Presuming that they were in the will of God and presuming that they had the grace of God to go up and fight this battle just by counting the people. Got me? If you serve a supernatural God... The number of the enemy makes no difference the size of the enemy makes no difference the precision of their weapons makes no difference none of that stuff makes any difference when God when you're depending on God for your victory and so they went up presumptuously they lost the battle of AI now we come to the battle in 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 chapter 9 and in 9 verse 1 it says here it came to pass When all the kings which were on this side, Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys and all the coasts of the great sea over against Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, Canaanite, Perizzite, Hivite, Jebusite heard thereof or heard about uh, their victories, that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel in one accord so you have again all of the known world fighting against this nation of israel now if you read even a little bit of real news in this day and age you'll know that it's the same setup now it's always israel is fighting for their survival and everybody in the world is against them now why do you think this is so it's not because they just hate them people It's because they still have the mark of deity on them. They still have a covenant with God where God has a promise to them that they will continue to be a nation. And they continue to be even in in the face of untold persecution. You know, I hate people try to compare persecutions with each other, but nobody suffered like them people have. You understand me? Even if you count Christians in the mix, but we've only been at it the last 2,000 years. They've been here at least 6,000 that we know of and been persecuted beyond measure. Dwindled down to a handful of people on a boat in in the 1940s out in the, the ocean and nobody wanted to give them a home. They stayed on that boat for the longest time until the United Nations decided to give them that little piece of land that they're on now. During the Six-Day War in the 70s, um, Richard Nixon was told by his mother as a young boy that God would use him to save the nation of Israel. And he's the only president we had that ever resigned office. But he did one good thing for God. You understand what the God don't care who he uses. as long as long these people obey him. He could use a Christian, but we got our own level of sins. That we this stuff we don't do well either. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean as long as somebody's willing to obey him, they obey him. Yes. But they were outmanned, outgunned, outnumbered, out everything. And then God steps in through a president who remembered his what his mother told him when he was a little boy and obeys God. Yes. Got me. Had you had that much sense of God on the inside of you to obey. That's all God's looking for. Amen. And so Israel then is facing another dilemma and this is where the devil gets slick he was the devil sees this and he wants to put a stop to it he doesn't want that reputation of jericho to stand he doesn't want them to get to understand how to continue to seek god and get instruction and make sure they're not trying to count numbers for their victory and stay in the spirit So he devises a plan to get them to step out of the spirit and out of the will of God. And it's through a deception that's perpetrated on them. And so in verse 2 it says they gather themselves together to fight with Joshua and Israel on one accord. Everybody agrees that we're going to team up together. Former enemies become allies to defeat the people of God. You'll find former friends turn enemies to defeat people i remember we, we heard i had our first conference remember all the ministers i had come up there were so nice to us everybody turned on us or me i won't say y'all i won't put you in it <laughs> because you don't have to be but for no reason you see what i'm saying because you have to guard that you don't just trust you have to go before God and ask God how do I handle this what do I do et cetera? Et cetera. and I noticed that over the years he kind of cut back on the people that we would just have come consistently into the meeting sometimes it's just time to switch everybody and you switch everybody and sometimes you just have to obey God because he puts it on your heart to do it but I can tell you there's a lot of jealousy betrayal a lot of nonsense in people that they just refuse to deal with and so they'll want to get involved in what you're doing so that they can count your people see who they are see if they can find a way to pull them out of your you got it and so you have to be very very mindful of these now i'm not a suspicious person (laughs) like that cat i send to (laughs) everybody suspicious cat (laughs) <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying. I just live by faith or I, I endeavor to walk with God and live by faith and, and trust God for these things. But there are times when he'll just make people unavailable just out of nowhere for no reason. And then I'm forced to find somebody. Or I'll, I'll say, well, God, maybe we need to make some changes. Who should we get to do this and do that? So forth and so on. And so it's important for us to obey God at all times don't ever take anything for granted Uh, I love people I love most of the people that we have come and work with us in these meetings but you cannot take anything for granted in God things change they shift so you have to be open to (laughs) obey God whatever so the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai and they did work slyly or slickly, and went and made as if they had been ambassadors, and took old sacks upon their donkeys, wine bottles, old and beat up. Everything was beat up and looked like they had traveled with it for a long time. Old shoes that were were bandaged up on their feet, and old garments on them, and all the bread and their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said unto him, And to the men of Israel, We're come from a far country. Now therefore make a league with us or a covenant with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure you dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? So they said, Well, what if you really do are our neighbors? If you're our neighbors, in other words, you know we're going to come and get you so how are we going to be your friends and so the devil gets these people to press and press and press and press and press and convince them beware of press and press and press and press and press people in your life unless they're small children In them, you got to teach manners you know you don't just keep telling me what I need to do you know what I'm saying so so you have to be careful because the devil uses that strategy to fill your mind with with ideas that even if you have questions to it's almost like they already have the answers for you that before you even ask the question they know how to answer you and so he says here they went to, uh, let me see, the men of Israel said to them, If you might be our neighbors, how can we make a covenant with you? And they said to Joshua, We are your servants. And Joshua said to them, Who are you and where did you come from? They said to him, From a very far country. Your servants are come because of the name of the Lord your God, for we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt, which is true. They know your resume. They know the devil knows how to flatter you, how to butter you up. And they're careful not to speak about them directly, but they're trying to give glory to God. Religious spirit. See what I'm saying? Religious spirits are so crafty and so smart. Why? They've studied God's people for centuries. Amen? They got a lot of experience in duping God's people or, or uh, uh, slicking God's people. You got me? There are people that will be in your life off and on throughout your walk with God that are just religious flicksters. They know how to get under your skin. They'll say, oh, you're over there uh, at that prophetic church, or you know, I love prophets, I love this, I love that. And they want to pick you to see what they can find out about what you're doing, what your ministry's doing, what your church is doing, all this kind of stuff. The ones, the perpetual problem people. always got either they're sick all the time. And all they need is a good healing book so they can be healed. And they say, yeah, I'm going to come over. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do the other. And they never grab on. They never latch on. They never lock in. But you look around and see how much of your time they have wasted, all that time, to gain influence in your mind. And influence in your heart. Or the people you dearly love, I'm coming to church, I'm coming, I'm coming with you one day, I'm coming with you one day, I'm coming. And we'll keep you on the phone for two hours talking about getting ready to do this, get ready. We'll pray for me and do this. just picking you because religious people think this is how you learn the things of God. They think they can pick somebody's brain to get something holy from God. And while they're wasted all of your time and wasted all your effort, you understand what I'm saying? There are people, God, asked me to commit to continue to pray for them after they leave this ministry. And I get on the phone, I chat a little bit, we pray, we get off. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's all he's told me to do. He's not told me to sit there and counsel you and treat you like you're in church still. You understand me? They ain't robbing me of your time that you're supposed to have. You got me, or the time that I lead, need to just go study and pray and do something that I need to so that I can please God better. So you—that's why I say the devil slick. Now, see, some of you are offended at what I'm telling you because you think you know what you're doing. <laughs> Well, Joshua was a man put in charge of over 10 million people, and he didn't know what he was doing. You smarter than he is? Get quiet. I don't care if you do or not. It's in the Bible. Read it for yourself. You don't like it. You know why people don't like this? Because people don't like to be wrong. They hold their friends so dearly sometimes, or their acquaintance, or they got to be right about this because I know what I'm doing over here. <laughs> then it gets over your head and then you finally refer them to <laughs> me or Pastor Shirley. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're perplexed all of a sudden. You can't figure it out. Well, they seem like they really wanted God. Uh-huh. You read Joshua 9. they already in the book. huh mm-hmm. God then wrote about them already. See what I'm saying? It says they went to Joshua at the camp and convinced him, "We're your servants. We just want to, we just want to be around you. We, we want some of your time. Do you have time for me right now?" Joshua said to them, "Where'd you come from? From a far country? We heard about your fame and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan." And all of that stuff, so they know your history. Trust me, the devil knows your history. He said, wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us saying, take you provisions with you for your journey and go to meet them to say, we just want to be your servants. Just don't kill us. Let us live and we'll serve you. We'll do everything for you. Many times these people will flatter you with gifts. You know, share the, oh, I got a coupon. We can go eat, or we can go do this, or we can go do that, or I can give you some of this, or I can give you some of that. It's just true. You know, it's just true. Think about the time that you invest in them, if it can be invested in something that really is going to pay off for you and God. I'm not saying that you can't minister to some people sometimes. But if you look at it over a period of time, look at how far they have not come under your influence. And ask the Lord if you could not spend that time like praying about inviting somebody on friends and family day. (laughs) Huh? Because God will show you the people that really want him. He won't get you spending a lot of time where people just want to play you and use your time up and see if they can fleece something off of you without coming under authority. You got me? It's just true. It's just true. We got to get smart to these things, you know. And you just Find something to do with your time. Find out what God really wants you to do. Get involved and engaged in something that's going to pay off for you and pay off for God. And cut out the shenanigans hmm? these people kind of drain you and leave you kind of empty inside you they frustrate you wonder why don't they why don't they understand what i'm trying to tell them they don't want to they don't want to they just there to waste a little time trying to impress you with how much they know about god good about doing that too so the enemy uses the tactics of lies bribery Flattery, false evidence, Hmm? Absalom used all of these things to turn the people of Israel's heart toward him and against his father, David. If you turn to 2 Samuel 15. God told me many years ago to look at every conversation you get into as potential warfare. Every conversation. I don't care who it is. It's potential warfare. Second Samuel 15 verse one, it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him, pretending to be king already. David's still alive. Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man had a controversy, came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called to him and said, Where are you coming from? And he said, Your servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said to him, See, your matters are good and right, but there is no man in the king's court that will hear you. So Ablam said moreover, oh that I were made a judge in the land. In other words, if I was in the king's court, if I had the power to make decisions, I would judge in your favor. So instead of him letting them go in to see the king, which was what they needed to do to have power, he intercepts them before they even get there to tell him his spin on their situation tell them what he would tell them instead of letting them listen to the king this that's why we take authority over this spirit you see the spirit all the time when we pray for rulers and leaders when we pray for the fivefold ministry gifts when we pray for all of the church order because this is how church splits happen this is how people come in there and give people false doctrine false promises and take it and there are more churches created that way Then there are churches where people just go and find sinners and bring them in. We're all called to fill up seats with people who don't know God already. We're not called to recycle believers. And see, many of the problems we have in the church is because of this recycle method that gets going. Because people will hop from one meeting to the next, one building to the next, one, one person to the next, one leader to the next. You know, I've had people say things like, well, when I was called to the ministry, I didn't realize how to step out into ministry. And and I would get a group of people around me in the church and start telling them what I thought about the word and how all this kind of stuff goes on. And then pretty soon I had a group of people. Well, that's wrong. You're not supposed to start your flock. Paul said, you don't build on another man's foundation. You understand what I'm saying? You let people go where God has them to go. And if God calls you to have some people under your influence, he'll draw those people to you. It's never a problem drawing people. And so this spirit of Absalom undermines the authority of God that God has you under. It's another slick move of the devil. And you find countless people sitting out somewhere not going to church anymore, not going anywhere because they got flicked out of their position by somebody who flattered them, promised them something, made them feel like they knew more than the pastor or whoever was in charge. All that kind of stuff goes on just so they can move you out of position of blessing. Then you're sitting nowhere. You don't know how to get reconnected again. You don't know how to where you can go. That's why when people leave here, I tell them, I say, well, you know you're always welcome to come back here. Very few people ever take you up on it. Because people don't want to be wrong. They don't want to humble themselves. That's number one. They don't want to see themselves as needing anything. But they are so very much in need when they're like this. So Absalom uses these things. He stole the people's hearts, made false promises. That's in number three. He says, if I were in that position, verse four, he says, every man that has any suit or cause that comes to me, I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came near to him to do him, to to uh, uh, respect him, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. Got me? In other words, he's making covenant with God's people out of order of authority of God's kingdom. And he says, and on this matter did Absalom, to all Israel that came to the king for judgment, so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. So that's what the enemy's looking to do to steal your heart from God. Offer you something that you, your flesh, it tantalizes your flesh. You consider this person your friend, but you never come into agreement on the things that God gives you to minister to them. It never makes an impact for them. They just play around with your head and you play around with theirs, I guess. It's a waste of time. Get down to business with God. Get involved in something serious that God wants you to do. And quit this nonsense out. Find what God wants you to do and invest major time in preparing for it and doing it. So that God can get some glory out of your life and give you more to do. But this business of... Palling up with people and letting them waste your time is a bunch of nonsense. And you got to, amen, unless you got you got a group of buddies and y'all go out and witnessing and winning souls and all that kind of, or praying for the sick, getting people healed, leave them alone. You don't have time for that. You have time to do what God wants you to do. No more, no less. So the, the enemy hijacks us and steals us and separates us from the counsel of God and from the love of God. The devil makes his bait attractive enough to us through these different manipulations. You notice that the devil never delivers. He only promises. God delivers. Amen. God will deliver on his promises. The devil will only promise you things. The people of God. In, back in uh, I'm sorry Joshua chapter 9 if you'll go back there we'll pick up where Joshua was. And these people offer him a bribe. They tell him this story about our elders told us to go take you provision verse 11 take provision with you for the journey go to meet them and say to them we are your servants. Now make a, a covenant with us. This is our bread. We took hot for provision out of our houses on the day that we came out. And now look, it's dry and moldy. So the press starts. Keep pressuring, pressuring, pressuring with false evidence. False evidence, false evidence. And these bottles of wine which were filled are, were new. And now look, they're all burst open. And, just, you know, from the very long journey, we've come a long way. And the men took their, their, and the men of Israel took their provisions, and did not ask counsel at the mouth of God. Gee, do I have to do this with all my friends? You sure do. You sure do. Because the devil's slick. Well, I, you know, it, I, I keep thinking like that. I know God'll let me do some stuff on my own. Is that what the word says? Well, don't shout me down because I'm a preacher, as <laughs> Brother Hagin would say. Hmm? See, people don't like to hear this kind of stuff. You know what?' Because everybody's mind immediately goes to somebody they know or somebody they had experience with. And they see how close they come to being deceived. And then God pulls them right out. You understand? That's that's why we preach every Saturday and every Sunday. Because the devil is constantly trying to pull people over find it you find sometimes that if you disconnect from certain things that are hard to disconnect from your life gets more productive all of a sudden huh and you'll see that that's true you know that that would that thing would that i was involved in was taking up a lot of my time you know and now god's opened doors for me to do some things that have been in my heart to do many times when god's about to give you something or put you into a position where you can be blessed in a greater fashion, or have something that, that only he can give you, the enemy will step in with some kind of diversion to get you over here where you don't seek the counsel of God. He'll have, hang a have, have you, he'll start picking away at that last little bit of flesh that craves certain things. You know what I'm saying, start feeding that. To divert you from being in the mindset that god needs you to be in because he's going to give you something you've been longing for you got me he's always got a blessing on the way for you but if you keep getting yourself distracted with all this religious nonsense and crazy people and people want to flatter you and tell you how wonderful you are you know i have ministers Come to me and you say, like, you know, God, you're just so gifted and so this and so that, and, and and God has so much more for you. Good, why don't you ask some of your friends that you preach for to invite me? See, let me tell you <laughs> about people. Uh-huh everybody's always trying to cover up see i know almost for a fact that god's told them to do that and they won't do it and try to flatter me and say oh you just you should be really if you mean that tell pastor so-and-so how wonderful i am your friend see but see you're scared if you tell him about me he won't have you huh that's why the body of christ really doesn't grow that much we've got all these little slicks the devil's slick we've got all kind of little slick things going on to keep us from growing what you inhibit in somebody's life will get inhibited in yours what you cause to flourish in somebody's life will flourish in yours. That's a spiritual law. See, most people forsake their own mercy because of what they refuse to obey God in that will cause somebody else to be blessed. And somebody else to grow. You got me? Amen. It's just that way. It's just that way. So Israel's problem is presumptuously they got at the end they went for the bait. Amen. They took the provision from them and did not ask counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them and let them live. Where God says, don't let them live. In other words, don't let these people live in your head. Don't let them live in your heart. Don't let them live in your time. Don't let them live. And the princes of the congregation swore to them, and it came to pass at the end of what? That's all they had to do, was turn that plate down for three days and say, you know what, we're going to wait on God to see if this is really God or not. See, right before God's getting ready to take them into a greater blessing, here comes the slick devil to do something to hinder them and take strength away from them. These Gibeonite people were always a thorn in the eyes of the nation of Israel. Everywhere they went, they had to take care of Gibeon. In chapter 10, you'll see where the Gibeonites now are going to be invaded by all these other people that know they have to fight Israel. Because they heard, oh, these people are their friends. Well, we'll take them hostage and see if we'll get the Israelites where we can overtake them. So now they've got to fight for Gibeon. Not only their own battles... But now they got to fight the battles of the Gibeonites, who are just going along free for the ride. Israel said, they said, we'll put them to hard tribute. We'll make them cut wood and provide wood for the altar where we make the sacrifices. Well, that's 24-7 hard labor. They didn't want to do that, so they just threw that little odd job to them. Well, who says they're going to do it? Now you've got a people to oversee them to make sure they do the work. Sometimes it's easier to do it yourself than to try and find some easy way out of things that we find distasteful. Faith Israel didn't need them. That was just some job they found for them to do to make it seem not so hard on them that they made a bad mistake. But I'm telling you, if you can give anything, three days you can hear from God. You have to make a decision. I don't care if it's major, minor. Sometimes they look minor to us, but they wind up being major. Amen. Gibeonites got them in trouble later. Saul decided one day he was going to kill all the Gibeonites. And then his kids got murdered in exchange for what they did there. So these things, historically, when they get involved in your life, they can be trouble all the way for generations, all the way down the line. So the enemy then is able to put them uh, in a place where where uh, they think they're really rid of them or they think they're using them or think they're getting some use out of them. Beware of people who want to lift you up and think you're wonderful. Huh? You know, my ears on my spirit man shoot up. Now my face can be pleasant and just smiling and all that kind of good stuff, but my inner ears shoot up like, why are you flattering me? <laughs> I know the difference between a prophecy and flattery. We tend to know those things. You know what I'm saying? So in, in verse, uh, we'll finish this up. In verse, uh, did not, uh, the congregation swore to them, verse 17, children of Israel journeyed and came into their cities the third day. Yeah. Now their cities were Gibeon, so forth and so on. The children of Israel did not kill them because the princes of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel and on the congregation murmured against the princes. So you cause trouble in your own house when you compromise. But all the princes said unto all the congregation, we have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we might not touch them. Now. Here, they still haven't inquired of the Lord as to what to do with these people. We made a covenant. We got to keep our word. We can't break our word. Yeah, but they lied to you to get you to, to get your word. Why don't you talk to God about this? And as far as, as I can tell in the Bible, they never talked to God about what to do with the Gibeonites. See, when you make a mistake, God is your best friend. See, we start covering up our wrongdoing with, with uh, reasons and, and ideas, you know, but we're, it's all for a cover-up because we don't want to admit our wrongdoing and go to God. They still haven't asked God to this day what to do about the Gibeonites. And those were cursed people from the beginning. Those were descendants of uh, Noah. Remember, he said, Cursed be Canaan. They were a Canaanite people. So they were doomed to be slaves of people, period. They were never going to reign and never going to rule. They were always going to be slaves of somebody. Well, let them be slaves of the parasites. You don't have to be, they don't have to be slaves of you. You understand what I'm saying? Some people, in other words, some people are not going to rise to the place that you think your input is going to make them rise to. Either by calling, by election by the way they live their lives you can't make somebody prosper just because you want to see them do well jesus couldn't do it and you couldn't either over and over in the word it says he could do no mighty work there because of them and what they believed and didn't believe and what they carried Verse 18, verse, I'm sorry, verse 20, he says, This we will do to them, we will even let them live, lest the wrath, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swear to them. Never think your promise to a human being is greater than your covenant with God. You take these things to God and find out how you're going to undo them if you need to undo them. Sometimes God will give you mercy and people will forget they even had anything to do with you. And the princes said to them, let them live, but let them be servants of ours. In other words, do the dirty jobs we don't want to do. And Joshua called for them and spoke to them, saying, Where have, wherefore you have beguiled us, they were very far among, from you, and you dwell among us. Now for you are cursed, and there shall none of you be freed from being bondmen. And he was well, this was prophesied to them already. They already knew that. And they answered, that's what well. was so easy for them to say, we'll just serve you. We don't. I don't want anything. I just want to come serve. God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land to destroy all the inhabitants of the land before you. Therefore, we were sore afraid of our lives. Now, they know their history almost as well as Israel does. They knew the command of God over them to destroy everybody that stood before them, and they would be able to destroy them. And so Joshua then took them and made them their servants and kept that covenant and never to this day inquired of god what to do when you find yourself entangled with people or entangled with situations that you don't know how to you know it's not right you don't have peace about it you don't know how to get out from under it you don't know where to go next it's it's something that's just an ongoing trouble for you God has a solution for that. And it will be a solution of peace. It will bring peace to you. It will bring peace to others. But don't feel that because you kind of have made a project of this unknowingly, unwittingly, this person is a project to you or they pop in and out of your life forever and ever. Don't think that that's God's best for either of you. You take these things before God. He doesn't want you to be encumbered and ensnared with people. He wants his people free to serve him. You need to be blessed. You need to be about your father's business. You can see Jesus getting all caught up in people. When he got tired of them disciples, he got lost, and they couldn't find him until he was ready to be found. Do you understand me? You need to know when you're on track with God and when you're expending, I call it spiritual capital, (laughs) <laughs> that could be spent better and invested better in something that's gonna that's God's will for you, number one, and it's going to bear fruit for you, number two. Some of these things, they, they dissolve into, you know, you got to make sure your relationships are on a spiritual level. You know what I mean? High enough spiritual level so everybody's at peace and you're not compromising and putting up with just because. Got me? Look for people who know what they're doing. Look for people who are victorious in God. Look for people who are uh, moving ahead of you that know more than you. I know that makes us feel uncomfortable. It's a good uncomfortable because it's worth the investment of your time so that you can get around people who, who uh, know what they're doing. Uh, there's a gentleman in, in Detroit that <laughs> this man goes to the Philippines and his miracles everywhere, and he's he's his gift is is empowering believers to do the work of the ministry. And so I prayed for him like for over the last three or four years, and I'm looking. I said, this brother got it going on, but I just observe and pray and stay open to God. So finally he said, you think you can come over and bring some people? I, said, I sure can. When? Huh? Yeah. Because he's got the goods. You might wait 10 years to find somebody who really has the goods. And God put it on their heart to invite you to get involved with them. You think I would refuse because it's in the ghetto of Detroit or where I could care less. Because there are souls and I have to learn still every day. I'm looking to learn from anybody that God would want to bless me to teach And so, amen. And so if I have to sit out some of these flaky preachers that won't invite you to their party, thinking you're going to take their offering that they're supposed to have, and they're supposed to be mature Christians, saints, teaching God's people, I'd much rather spend time with somebody like him who gets the results than to try and fit in with some of these other people. Amen. That don't mean you good. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding.